I showed up for the winter quarter with fires to put out. I called Bonnie about going out to the movies. I had picked Hello, Dolly. Bonnie said, Oh, my father said he had seen it, but he didn't like the woman playing Dolly. She had a big nose. Yeah, well, let's go see it. My mom and Freddie saw it, and they loved it. My mom said the girl that played Dolly could really belt out the songs. The girl wanted to meet a half-millionaire. Bonnie said, The word around the lunch table is that you are gay. I was speechless. I could not answer or easily defend myself. Of course I was gay. But it wouldn't be cool or healthy for me to be out. Elsa and Doc both told me that it was not anybody's business. People make it their business. So I had to think quick, which I was usually good at. I could lie or make up stories on the fly. Bonnie had said it so casually, so offhandedly. A few years back, I had made up an entire story about my mom's first grandkid being born. Everyone was expecting to hear any day that the new grandbaby had arrived. Aunt Mildred had stopped by the house to visit with her mother, Flora, and when she asked about the baby, I told her, Oh, well, Pat had her babies. Aunt Mildred said, Did she have girls, boys, or one of each? I saw the excitement in her eyes. I didn't want to dampen her joy. Oh, I don't know. All I know is she had two of them. Mildred headed back to visit with her mother, Flora. About an hour later, Elsa came home from work and headed back to visit with Mildred and her mother. I was studying my 10th grade algebra homework. Mrs. Finstemarker had said, Flattery will get you everywhere. I told her every day in class how gorgeous she looked. Always a big smile from her. It worked. Elsa scurried back to the kitchen all excited and said, What hospital are they in? We need to make a trip over to St. Pete this weekend and see them. I said, Oh, she didn't have any kids. I made it up. Pretty good, huh? I laughed out loud. I could not stop. I pulled a good one on all of them. Then she said, Why do you find it necessary to make up things like that? Elsa had her hands on her hips. Maybe she was thinking of getting a switch like first grade. I said, Because it's fun. I went back to my algebra. I had made some fudge. I was going to take some to Mrs. Finstemacher. She would be grateful. So I answered Bonnie. I think I know where and why that story got started. Meet me at the library later. I'm going to kill a certain roommate. A small plaque set on my nightstand. It was St. Christopher's motto. According to the Catholic Church, better to light one candle than curse the darkness. I was in darkness with my mental disorder, with others trying to uncover it. 
the one candle I had was my storytelling. Lying. Lying when needed. I could stay in the darkness or I could do one thing. One tiny thing was to light a candle of all the uncertainty. Could be the size of a birthday candle. It gave me hope. Only three people knew for sure about me being gay. Well, actually four, including John. None of them would ever publish my secret. They would defend my secret. The fear from being found out by Bonnie and the rest of the school did stop my obsessing over John. I was now in survival mode. I would not allow the other thousand students to know they had a homo among them. I would do whatever it took to avert that calamity. Embarrassment. Some people may have wondered, is Calderwood gay? My oldest brother, nine years my senior, thought there was something different about me when I was ten. Elsa probably thought the same thing. So I connected with Bonnie at the library. I monitored her body language to determine if my story of not being a homo worked or not. I hugged and kissed her and told her, I've missed seeing you. I had a ton of work to get done on that old house. How have you been? She said, I've been fine, lonely. I was hoping you would call me so we could go out. If you don't like me, just tell me. I said, oh, I like you a lot. I've just got a lot going on. We can make up for lost time. I squeezed her hand as we talked. So then what's this about you being gay? Her eyes were drilled directly into me. It was hard to answer her honest question. If you are, then just tell me. I need to know what's going on. So I said, it's a long story. First, I'm not gay. I am positive it was Tim that started this. Just before I went home for the Christmas break, he was trying to get me to use LSD. Once I told him no, then he told me he thought I was hot and wanted to have sex. He even pulled his pants off. He also told me a convoluted story about having an out-of-body experience and saw me having sex with a guy. I think he smoked way too much pot. She said, so we're good? You really want to go out with me? She twisted her long, straight hair with her fingers. I felt terrible lying to her. Yes, I think we're good. Let's get to the movie and forget about all this crap. I didn't know how long I could continue with her and my lie. She was smart. I couldn't let the entire school know about me. She was a pretty girl and would get tired of me not being aggressive enough with her. I really hoped she would dump me. We had a great time at the movie. Then we went out for a burger. We laughed. She told me all about her Christmas break. 
I told her about the pot-smoking hippies I rented the house to. I kissed her goodnight at her dorm entrance, a long, deep French kiss like Pat had taught me. Then she said, Why don't you want to have sex with me? It felt like ice water thrown on me. I had no desire for sex with her. So I said, I'm tired tonight. Let's meet up later this week. I have the room all to myself. I've not been stuck with a roommate yet. I could sneak you in through the window. I could do it, having sex, but it wouldn't be passionate like with John. It felt like work, and it wasn't fair to her. Tim appeared at my door, and I pondered, what's the best way to break his neck? He wouldn't look directly at me. He was jangling change in his pocket. So I said, So, Tim, Bonnie told me about your conversation with her. Tim said, Yeah, her and I talked about a lot of stuff. She's going to fix me up with one of her sorority sisters. She is really a great girl. Yes, she is. Why did you tell her I was gay? Did you think it would get you some brownie points or something? Because I'm not gay. Remember, you propositioned me. You, remember? Just the thought in people's minds was enough to make me guilty without a trial. There'd be no coming back, like a loose thread in a shirt. You pull on it, and the next thing you know, the shirt has come undone. Then he had the nerve to say, I didn't think it was fair what you were doing with her. You were leading her on. So, it's your mission to take care of her. You've actually upset her. You had no business interfering in this. You have fucked my life up. He said, Oh, I'm sorry, man. I shouldn't have said anything, but it just happened. I actually felt bad after I did it. But there was no taking it back. I would never let him know I told Bonnie that he wanted sex with me. At least that was one true thing. Well, for your information, her and I have patched things up. She is my girlfriend, and I would appreciate you budding out of my life. Oh, I hate that you feel that way. I thought we were friends. I think you are really a neat guy. I was tempted to ask him if he wanted to play around just to fuck with his mind. I didn't care if he had an out-of-body experience or not. I was going to do whatever it took to save myself. So sure enough, Bonnie snuck in through the window on Wednesday night. She and I had gone to a protest on campus about the Vietnam War. While we were laying on the blanket, I asked her if she wanted to go back to my room and fool around. I wanted to, but for several reasons. One, convince her that I was not gay. Two, convince myself that I could have sex and enjoy it. And let Tim and anyone else concerned see me with her and arrive at their own conclusions. 
During the next two weeks, Bonnie and I began to drift apart. I always thought she knew what was going on with me. But I also knew I couldn't reveal the truth to anyone. There was no safe way for me to be honest. We could be friends, but not boyfriend-girlfriend. She had other guys sniffing after her, and I was happy for that. She finally said, I don't think this is working out for either of us. I don't know what went wrong, but maybe one day. I said, I've been under a lot of pressure with things at home and school. This thing with Tim has really riled me up. I just can't believe the shit people do. It was really hard for me to fake it. She said, oh, it was fun dating you. Sometimes things just don't work out the way you want them to. Let your mom know that I really enjoyed meeting her. We were standing outside her dorm and the other girls were coming and going. Some looked at me and then looked the other way quickly. I wondered how far the story of me being a homo had traveled in that building. Nothing I could do to stop it. I went back to my dorm. Tim was standing in the doorway, and I said, Congratulations. You helped put an end to Bonnie and me. I think you did a great job of creating doubt. Hope you're happy. Oh, I'm sorry, man. He was stoned as usual. All I can say is, I hope all that bullshit about karma is true. Because if it is, then you're going to have a shitload of trouble to deal with. Oh, don't be mad. It's for the best. You weren't really into her. You know that. I said, you don't know anything about me. You weren't looking out for her. You were looking out for you. I might be naive, but this is pretty easy to see. It's not going to get you anywhere. I figured all the friends of Bonnie would think he and I were both homos. She was better off without me wasting her time. I called Elsa when no one was within earshot. I told her all the latest news with me. She said, Well, Bonnie's a good girl. You really shouldn't have let her on. But you did the best thing. She'll be fine. Just don't do that kind of thing again. Well, I agreed with her. Then I told her, I have a girl in my accounting class, Jean, that has been really friendly to me. We talk and one day had lunch together. I think she's a lesbian. Elsa said, well, what makes you think that? I said, because she's masculine looking. And she loves playing golf. She also has hair on her legs. And she wanted to arm wrestle with me in the cafeteria. I lost. Well, maybe you two would be a good match. Have you played golf with her yet? I said, yes, and she beat me really badly. She also told me to stop cheating so much. I never understood why you would waste shots on getting the ball out of a bad spot. Just stick it back out where you can make it to the next green. So have you done anything with her yet? What are you planning? I said, you mean, have we had sex? No, we have not. We are not going to either. I figure if she's a lesbian, then I'm safe. She's safe too. Might be a good thing for both of us. 
We've not even kissed. She has hair on her upper lip. Mom said, Okay, when you come home this weekend, we'll talk. We need to get off the phone. This is long distance. Okay, see you Friday night. That gave me something to look forward to. I needed to go out to the old house and get all the gay newspapers and porno that Doc had given me and return them. I'd found some of my own in the gay bars. I also found an adult bookstore that had a small collection of queer porno. The next 18 months were a grind. My end goal was to land my degree, move through the CPA exam, and just work full-time and make serious money. I would reveal the breaking news to everyone that getting a degree was an endurance test. I didn't consider myself any smarter, but the degree would allow me to have better opportunities. That one piece of paper represented time invested. John flaked out as my boyfriend. After a half dozen attempts, I was a lovesick fool to stick around, waiting for him. I was crushed and suffered most of the time asking myself, why is John not wanting to be with me? I took it personally. Was there something wrong with me? If there wasn't something wrong with me, he'd want to share an apartment, share his life. I finally accepted that it wasn't going to happen for me. I met a few guys that I dated for short periods, but nothing serious developed until graduation. Tim did teach me how to meditate. Beside the book on Buddhism, he also gave me books on meditation and out-of-body travel. It was compelling. I was hooked. He and I moved on from him advertising my mental disorder. I assume some of the students thought we were boyfriends. Sometimes, a person that thought it appropriate would say, Uh, so you and Tim, are you like doing each other? My public persona would say, Yeah, look at him and look at me. If I was going to go that way, it'd be for somebody hot. Tim got busted for having one pound of pot. Karma caught up with him quicker than I thought. I came in after all of the hubbub was over. One of the cops said to me, Remember, I caught you out spooning with a girl one night. Remember? I thought, how could I forget? I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Navigating Muddy Waters. This is a true story of my college years. If you like my show, please tell your friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Wondery, or wherever you are listening now. Everything in my show is based on actual events. I'm your host, Joe Calderwood. I'm also the writer, recorder, producer, and editor. Music is by Freddie Elmberg. 
I also have another podcast by the name of Stain Fortune, and you can find that wherever you listen to your podcast. I love you for 